This is a special report, Five Things the News Isn't Telling You, Self-Care Strategies for COVID-19. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is the Dance of Life podcast. Every week, my goal is to inspire you to take action towards what you love, live a transformed life, and enjoy the journey there. Are you ready? Let's go. What's up, everybody? Wherever you are, welcome to the show. Welcome to this episode. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're safe. I hope you are staying strong. Charles Darwin, you know, usually we start with an inspirational quote, but I found this quote from Charles Darwin, although it's been challenged that he originally said it or not. Either way, this is a good quote to really anchor us in for this special report on all this craziness that's going on. And the quote goes like this, it is not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent that survives. It is the one that is the most adaptable to change. You know, we are living in a crazy time right now. This is this is a bonus episode. I created this literally this weekend. I've been diving into a lot of this stuff myself. I'm sure you've been bombarded yourself by all of the emails and, you know, companies now. You realize who has all your emails, uh, stuff on Facebook, your friends, the news, the CDC. There's plenty of stuff out there already. And I don't want to add to that list. We're going to do some different things in this special report to really support you and help you uh, really take care of yourself and be strong during this time. Because look, at the end of the day, this is a crazy time right now, but you have to remind yourself that you're here because the people before you survive some other crazy times as well. And that's what it's really all about. You know, we're going to get through this. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Every down has an up. You have to remember that as crazy as it gets you have to remember that. And so today, you know, I wanted to put together a special report on some, you know, stuff that I just don't see being talked about in the mainstream news. I live in the United States. So wherever you happen to be listening to this, I don't know what it's like over in other countries. Um, you know, with exception for a few, we're going to be mentioning that in this episode. But for the most part, you know, here in the United States right now, it's it's March 20th, uh, 21st, and there's not much talk about what people can do to strengthen themselves internally. And what I mean by that is, you know, the whole quarantine stuff, you're going to be spending a lot of time on your own social distancing. You're going to be forced to do things a lot differently than you normally have. The momentum of life has slowed down, has stopped in, in many ways. And that can be a good thing. That can be an opportunity to discover parts of yourself, to get back to your basics, to strengthen uh, you know, or it can be an opportunity to lose yourself to madness, to get depressed, to, you know, wallow, to complain, to binge on junk food, to do whatever destructive things that we normally do, uh, you know, when things go south, you know. So ultimately, you don't really see too much talk on the media, on the news about, hey, they're not interviewing experts on what to do nutritionally to support yourself so that you're maintaining a strong, healthy body. They're not doing anything on mental health or spiritual health or how to use this quarantine time productively. You know, so ultimately, I wanted to contribute to that part of it. Like I said, you're going to have a lot of information already bombarding you, I'm sure. You know, you're probably sick of it in that sense. So my, my intention with this episode is not to add to that. You want to always do your research. You want to always, you know, stay up to date with the latest information, uh, you know, especially if you're at risk, if you're older in age, if you got asthma, if you have, you know, some chronic conditions with your lungs, autoimmune diseases, this kind of stuff. 
obviously stay up to date as much as possible. You know, keep yourself safe, wash your hands, stay socially distanced. All that stuff is super important. But it's about having two approaches to everything. And that's the place I'm coming from with this episode is, you know, you want a dual approach. The, the dual part, the second part being this part of the internal. We've covered the external and what people need to do behavior-wise. You get plenty of that on the mainstream media. But you're not getting stuff to do with internal, with your own internal work, how to utilize this time. So this episode is going to be all about that. We're going to cover some things to not to do. You know, many of these things are going to strike you as simple or, you know, obvious, maybe quote unquote, there's gonna be a lot of useful links. And by the way, this special report comes with a PDF, comes with a PDF with all of the links I'm mentioning in this episode. You know, there's gonna be a lot of links, a lot of stuff that you can do your own research on, uh, some things to purchase if you want, you know, like products that I use, you know, I don't have any affiliate ties to the products I'm linking, by the way. And uh, anyway, just stuff that I'm basically doing that's made a big difference for me that I've, I've researched as well. So if you're curious about that, all that stuff is available to you on my website, danceoflife.com slash COVID-19, C-O-V-I-D-19. There's no hyphen, just C-O-V-I-D-19. You can just simply download that uh, PDF and it'll go along with the episode. So Super, super excited to get into this stuff with you guys. I really hope it serves you. Again, this is not a catch-all, not a substitute replacement for medical advice or your own research, so make sure you're only staying on top of that. But I really, truly hope this information helps to support you, to give you some stuff you can act on uh, that will make a difference in your life, in your strength, in your health, and in getting through this. If you like this episode, make sure you share it, you subscribe. Definitely health is going to be a big part of the podcast this year. I've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. I've interviewed a lot of really cool people, very you know awesome experts in the health, field of health and mindset and wellness. And that's just going to be a big part of what I want to do going forward. So if you like it, subscribe, make sure you share it with your friends. If you find it useful, let's get the message out there again. I don't think this kind of stuff is being talked about enough. So without further ado, let's jam to a little music and we'll jump right into it. Let's do it. All right. So one more time, don't forget to download your special PDF report with all of the links and useful stuff to this goes along with the podcast. It's danceoflife.com slash COVID, C-O-V-I-D, 1919. Very first, I want to start with a couple of caveats that are very important to repeat over and over again. First and foremost, health is a journey, guys. You know, your own health is a, it's a journey that you need to go on and constantly do your own research and become your own doctor. I don't mean that in necessarily a literal sense. But you need to really do your research. We live in a very complicated time. Nothing is absolute. There is no one-size-fits-all approach. There's no catch, you know, that's going to catch everything. You know, it's it's basically health is a spectrum. It's a set of probabilities and considerations. You have to always listen to your body. Make sure that you're doing your research. Everybody's different. We all have different genes. We all have different deficiencies, you know, upbringing, the things that we eat and habits, psychological issues. There's all kinds of things that compose who you are, and how that impacts your health. So just remember that. You know, the second caveat is try to find a good functional medicine doctor. What that means is somebody who's going to be able to look at the whole picture of who you are. Usually these are, you know, doctors that are, you know, 
trained in natural methods, natural paths, or, you know, full-blown medical, you know, training with some natural path education, you know, you're going to find people that basically have a holistic view of the body and can look at the function of your health rather than isolated situations and prescribe you medication all the time. So if you want a good doctor, you can always have as a partner, again, you're the decider of your health, but you work in partnerships with your health team. And usually that's going to be a doctor, maybe a, a dentist that's a holistic dentist and all these types of people, a nurse, you know, a, a dietitian, all these people that are on your health team and helping you on your health journey to be your best. Uh, the third caveat, again, this is not designed to give you like up-to-date CDC information, you know, Center for Disease Control. There's plenty of that stuff going around. This is not a comprehensive list of everything you need to do to prevent the coronavirus or anything like this. This is just some very useful strategies, things that I've found very useful and done research on that will help strengthen you. You know, we get that little metaphor of the matches that's been going around the meme of, the match kind of isolating itself so that the row doesn't burn. And that's, that's been very powerful. But at the end of the day, if the matches are rotten, that's also a problem too. So my point with all this is, you know, this is about strengthening the inside, the internal of who you are, your body, your health, your mental health, your spiritual health during this time so that you're as hardy and as strong as possible for this thing. Because the likelihood is, the reality is this thing's going to be around for another year or two and probably you will get it. You know, probably you will get it. Hopefully not, right? But probably there's a, there's a chance that, you know, all of us will get it to some degree at some point in time. Now, that really sucks. And hopefully there's some treatment by then. But until that point, you know, you want to be as healthy as possible. So if we can do multiple things to each reduce, let's say, 2% of the recovery time or the risk or whatever else, I don't know. I'm just throwing out the principle, which is... Can you strengthen yourself as much as possible during this time? And that's what this is all about. You know, obviously, if you're at, at high risk, old age, asthma, lung issues, all this kind of stuff, you want to be as careful as possible. But again, you know, look at the bright side. If you do get sick with it and you're relatively normal, then you are building antibodies and you've gotten through it. You know, it's kind of like the wave is coming rather than running away from the wave. You just go through it and, and you let it pass. So a lot of things to consider. Very first, very first, we're going to go through things that you shouldn't do during this time or try to reduce as much as possible. A lot of times, you know, I, I talk about alignment and resistance and misalignment, all these things that I've learned from movement in my career as a professional athlete and, and coach and dancer. And ultimately, everything is about bringing yourself back to alignment, guys. You know, when you have, let's say, misaligned tires, and you haven't gone for a rotation, you haven't gone for an alignment check, that's not going to make you crash tomorrow. But 10,000 miles from now, that's going to be a serious problem. And that's the case for any kind of misalignments. Obviously, the greater the misalignment, the greater the resistance and the more you'll feel it. But, you know, if you want optimal health, if you want to be as strong as possible, it's about being vigilant over whatever misalignments are there in your thinking, in your, in your health in you know how you use your time and your decision making and constantly pruning those things that just don't work for you. That's the place I'm coming from with this. So when we talk about things that you shouldn't do, these are things that, you know, again, they're on a sliding scale. You know, like the first one is don't smoke. Don't smoke, don't vape, or reduce it as much as possible. You know, if you're smoking a pack a day, 
you're really screwing yourself for this thing. And it's not just the flu. Like this thing could kill you. It really could if if you have a compromised function already of your lungs, you know, not to mention the impact on your immune system if you're doing those things all the time. Uh, the other thing is don't complain. Don't stress out. Don't victimize yourself. Don't slump into depression or panic or act irrationally. All these emotional situations where we have extreme emotions for too long they have a deleterious impact on your health. There's a whole cascade of hormones with cortisol and physiological changes that happen when you're in a stressed out state that impact your immune system. So managing your stress level despite the external, you know, this is, again, something very obvious and simple, but it seems simple. It's really not in practice. It's a whole life's practice to manage your emotions. But try not to complain. Reduce your complaining. You know, when I wrote my book, The Gratitude Map, last year, and, you know, I kind of really try to commit to this whole gratitude practice. If you've listened to the show, you know that I've been talking about that stuff quite often. It's a big part of what I do. And it's something that I try to remind myself every day because com- one complaint makes it easier to make the next complaint. You, you get toxic eventually. You start looking at everything that is a problem. And then you start living with this chronic sense of anger and stress, which on a low level is not good for your health. At the very first reason, that's not good for your health. Right, so never mind how justified it may be, the complaint or the stress or you know that you're sad or you're panicking. There's always a reason, of course. Otherwise, you wouldn't be panicking or complaining. But the question is, what's more important to you, the reason or your health? Right. So another thing is, don't waste your time. You know, don't waste your time. The extra time that you have right now, things are really going crazy. You know, like if you don't know how to use your time alone, this will be a real challenge for you. And in that sense, it's also an opportunity. It's an opportunity to discover yourself, to learn something, to be productive, all these things that we're going to get into. But the big don't is don't waste your time. Don't get distracted. Don't be complacent, hopeless. Don't go emotionally eating or binge watching Netflix. Like, don't waste your time. Time is the most valuable thing. No matter what, this will pass. But the time and how you decided to use it will not. Like it's gone forever. The moment it's gone, it's gone forever. You know, so use your time wisely. Look at what you're doing right now and what has freed up for you. And what is the opportunity? Where's the opportunity to act? What can you do differently? What can you learn? What can you improve? What can you practice? What can you start? What can you use your time with productively in these coming weeks? It's not going to be forever. Another one is, Don't drink excessively. Don't eat garbage. Don't eat processed foods. Don't party like crazy. Don't do any of that stuff that's going to lower your immune system in general. Like just be more careful with the things that you put into your body. We're going to unpack the diet portion of this a little bit once we get into the do's here in a second. But again, you know, if you just stick to these don'ts, right? Don't eat crap. Don't put crap in your body. Don't smoke don't vape, don't complain, don't stress out, don't, you know, waste your time and be complacent. If you just stick to that, you know, you're going to manage your physiology, right? Because it's it's a mind-body connection. What you, what you think about, what you do, that impacts your physiology and your stress and your immune system and all that stuff. You're going to be in a better position than most people who are panicking and buying all that toilet paper and freaking out. So, you know, obviously, again, try to be safe, especially if you are at risk, if you've got uh, an at-risk condition, 
Don't go to large crowds, public places. Don't interact with people too much. Wash your hands. All these things are obvious, you know, but remember that it's the simple things done every day that make the biggest difference. And, you know, it's sometimes the things that you don't do also can make a bigger difference than the things that you do. So that's something always to think about is always remember that the things that you don't do are the ones that can make a bigger difference than what you do do. So I've got five areas that we can focus on in this episode that I wanted to share with you, a bunch of resources on how to strengthen yourself, how to stay strong, what you can do. Maybe you're doing some of these things already. Maybe you can pick one of these things and do it, and that's going to make a slight change for you. It's going to help you stay strong, stay positive, uh, stay hardy. Again, this stuff is not substitute for medical advice. It doesn't mean that you are going to be immune to the virus, that you're going to prevent getting the virus. It doesn't mean that there's a certain percentage that it's going to reduce in your recovery. You know, but the point is you want to be as strong as possible. Right now, we don't have enough data on this thing and studies to really know you know, what what to expect other than what we're seeing live and, and as you can see in the CDC reports and all these daily things that you're bombarded with. But the point is, at the end of the day, we do know that the healthier you are, the better chances you have of survival. That's just a simple principle. So the more you can do, my approach has always been, the more I can do, uh, you know, the overall chances, again, if it buys me one extra day, faster recovery, healing time, if it buys me, you know, less pain, if it buys me greater chance to survive, you know, because my whatever body's going to fight it faster, whatever. I don't know. But I would rather take that chance and do as much as I possibly can and and be as healthy and optimally healthy as I can. And what I mean by optimally healthy is to be in the best shape possible for your genes and where you're at. That's it. You know, and, and there's a lot of tools to that. There's a lot of ways to do that because health is very complicated, guys. We live today in a very complex world where you have to do your own research. Again, I'm really giving you a lot of context here because when we talk about health, there's a lot of considerations. So very first one is supplements. This That's the number one on my dues. And by the way, I forgot to mention this, but this is very important. If you want help with any of these, implementing any of these do's and don'ts. Right now it's March 20th, 21st. I am extending an opportunity, anybody for free, to do a Zoom call with me to help you support, to support you to do these things in your life, to help implement these things in your life, to have questions if you have anything you want help on. Feel free to get in touch with me and we can schedule a Zoom call through April, through the end of April. So if you're listening to this episode and it happens to be May or June or later in this year, feel free to email me regardless. We'll see what the schedule looks like at that point. But anybody listening to this episode and that needs support to implement these things into their life, feel free to email me, tutor, T-U-D-O-R, at danceoflife.com. And this is all in your special report as well. And we can jump on a quick Zoom call, and I'd be happy to help you you know, implement some of these into your life in whatever way I can from my own experience and from my own research. So there's that. Number one, supplements. This is, the things I'm sharing with you are things that I do, that I've done to help keep myself strong and boost my immune system, boost my recovery. Again, doesn't make you immune to the flu or immune to the coronavirus, but there's a lot of great stuff that we can do on this list. Even if you just do one and you do it, again, consistency is key. 
to help yourself be as strong as possible and, and really, you know, be ready for whatever happens regardless. So number one is vitamin C. Now vitamin C, there's a lot to cover in vitamin C. In your PDF, there, there is an article uh, from a blog about some vitamin C usage in China and how basically it's a very interesting blog. And so go ahead and read that. If you want to read the article, it's in Chinese, but you can translate it. The interesting thing about it is that China has invested a lot of resources in basically mobilizing vitamin C as a treatment plan and recommending it as part of, you know, the, the actual treatment of this thing and, and also buying vitamin C and, and giving it to the people and all this kind of stuff. So that's an interesting thing because, you know, it's a, it's a leading nation in the world and, and they're actually considering like a nutritional aspect to treatment for this problem. And so why I find that interesting is, again, in the United States, there that would you would get put in jail if you're telling people, hey, use this to treat the virus, you know, to use vitamin C to treat the virus. So the point about that is not so much as how effective is vitamin C against this, but that a government finds it important enough to introduce. So the point is that nutrition is, is part of the plan. It's part of the overall approach. It's not just running away and hiding in your house. If you're sickly, if you're nutritionally deficient, if you're eating garbage food, then that's also not good either. Now, we also know that in these day, this day and age, the environment that we live in, the amount of stress that we have, the pollutants that we have, you know, the, the genetic variations that we have, all these different factors contribute to the overall picture of who you are and also the overall picture of what you need. You know, the supplements that that I'm recommending here, for example, like vitamin C, everybody has a different need of that. Now, there's an established need that the, at least the United States created called recommended daily intake or RDI. And that that's established based on very baseline general levels to avoid scurvy and diseases of, of these kinds of nature. But it's not really designed to accommodate, okay, how much vitamin D C do you need if you're recovering from surgery? How much vitamin C do you need if you are experiencing the flu? You know, those kinds of things. So those that information is not really accounted for when we look at recommended daily intake. I can give you a personal story of mine, and that's when I had surgery a long time ago. I had an abdominal surgery, and before the surgery, I was like, okay, because I'm you know, neurotic like I am with, with nutrition. I've been doing this a long time. I had been testing my vitamin C uh, using a method that I'll link in the PDF. It's a solution. Basically, it turns a color and it reacts with ascorbic acid, which which is in, it's a component of vitamin C, ascorbic acid. We're going to get into that in just a minute. But I had been testing my vitamin C pretty consistently for many years before I got this surgery. And so when the when the time for this had to happen, I said, okay, you know, I know where my vitamin C is at. It's at a pretty good level. I've been taking in, you know, a certain amount per day, about 200% of the RDI, I think, in one of these tablets that I chew. And I'm like, all right, let me just, out of curiosity, let me bring that supplement with me. And while I'm recovering a couple of days in the hospital, I'm going to take like double, double the dose. I'm going to take like, you know, four or 500% of the recommended daily amount of the chewable tablets. And it's all whole food vitamins. We're going to get into what whole food versus synthetic ascorbic acid means and all that stuff. But vitamin C, I was taking that uh, throughout like a four-day, five-day period or something like that. And so a double the dose, mind you. 
the moment I got out of the hospital, mind you, I wasn't even able to bring the supplement with me into the hospital. That was like against the rules, but I did it anyway. And because I wanted to test, I wanted the data. And so when I came out of the hospital and I tested the same test that I had consistent, reliable data on, uh, basically what it showed is my body like wasn't, it was totally deficient in vitamin C, right? So basically the way the tests work is, again, there's a solution that interacts with, and again, I'm posting all of these links in your PDF if you're curious about how it works and how you can also test your own vitamin C. I go with my craving now. I got my craving for fruits and vegetables, you know, whole foods, also chewable tablets that you can have. They're made from freeze-dried, you know, acerola berries, which are really high in vitamin C. And, you know, those are whole food. They're not ascorbic acid. Ascorbic acid is one component of vitamin C, but you can also make that in a lab by mixing corn syrup and hydrochloric acid, right? So it's just one component and high doses of that are actually not good for you. That can cause inflammation in parts of the body. But the point is, that I was taking a lot of this stuff and it's really high quality stuff. And when I came out of that surgery, my body had nothing. So when you, when you test and you see, okay, it takes, you know, a couple drops to, to clear the test basically, then that means you have several, you know, plenty of vitamin C in your body. If it takes a lot, right. And, and you barely have very little, that means the body's hanging on to as much possible. Like if you're excreting a lot in your urine, then you're going to find a lot of vitamin C in your urine. That's how it's tested is in the urine test. So the point is, if you're excreting a lot, that means your body has a surplus. It has enough. If you're taking a lot and not excreting it, more than likely there's a high, high demand for whatever reason. You have some sort of chronic situation or acute situation. And in my example with the surgery, the demand for vitamin C was like astronomical. Right, so it took several weeks, I think, after that situation to get back to normal. So again, that's an anecdotal situation. You have the blog post there. I'm also going to link in the PDF a YouTube video of how to perform this uh, vitamin C test and also a little uh, link there for another thing about how it explains how it's done and all this stuff. So if you're curious, again, I go with my craving, you know, and what I use is a product called Whole C. It's from a company called Optimal Health Systems. And like I said, I've been using them for 15 years. And the difference, again, between the vitamin C that is in this product that I use, and you'll, you can find other products. You just have to look for whole food vitamin C, not cheap you know, emergency that's made with just ascorbic acid because that's only one component your body needs. When you eat an orange or a lemon, it's got bioflavonoids. It's got all these different things that interact to create uh, that vitamin and make it work, right? That's why it's called a whole food. Uh, so when you get these whole food vitamins, they're going to be a little more expensive because they're taking foods and freeze drying them and taking, you know, the water out and basically uh, putting them in some sort of capsule or powder or, or chewable tablet of some kind that's basically like eating food. Now, obviously, should you be eating as much fr fresh fruits and vegetables as possible? Yeah. But, you know, it's it's hard to get 10 servings a day. So, you know, having that extra vitamin C around is is good again it's just another tool in your arsenal and most people don't really know the whole food versus synthetic vitamin c distinction that's really more important than anything because synthetic is just not not good to put in your body get the whole food stuff and just add it as part of your you know regime to to stay strong and again when you're stressed out when you have pollutants in the area of all these different things the the, the demand 
is much higher than people realize. And your demand can change from day to day depending on what's going on. Second supplement I recommend is to get flora. You know, flora is a uh, intestinal flora like, you know, probiotics, all these kinds of things, prebiotics. This is like one of the main modulators of your immune system. You know, it's, it's super important to have a strong gut. And again, you can test for this. So everything that you take, if you, you know, supplements, you don't need to take supplements. That's another caveat that I, I probably should have mentioned. You don't need to take supplements in that sense. You know, if you're eating 10, fruit, 10 servings of fruits and vegetables, being mindful, avoiding pollutants, you know, managing your stress, uh, you know, all this stuff, being flexible, exercising, staying hydrated, sure. But chances are you're probably not doing that. I don't even do that perfectly. So at the end of the day, especially if you have a busy life, you need a lot of energy to produce and all these kind of things, then having that extra help is very important. And there's a lot of things that can help you do that. And one of the things that's really important if you're going to be test, uh, taking supplements on an ongoing basis is to test. You have to test. And knowing how to test and how to evaluate the movement of something that you're taking over a period of time is very important because you can't just take stuff and assume that it'll work or, you know, assume the amount that you're taking and so on. So testing is a big part of all of this. With the vitamin C, you know, there's a vitamin C urine test. Uh, but then again, if you're having whole food, a whole food vitamin uh, C, it's, it's a little hard to obtain that test. So again, if it's whole food sourced, then, you know, you're not going to have any problems with it. Same thing with the intestinal flora test. You can get, I'm going to link a test for something called a gut zoomer. It's a little more expensive. I think it's about 380 bucks here in the United States. But, you know, there's a lot of companies that will uh, give you a profile of the, you know, gut, the, what's going on in your gut, basically, like the bacteria and, and the parasites and all these different things. So that's a very useful test to do at least once a year. Uh, and to see what's out of whack because the proportion of flora in your body and the bad bacteria to the good bacteria, they're discovering every day new links to health with this from everything to mood to autoimmune diseases to, you know, your immune response. Everything is is so connected to the gut. I mean, it's just crazy. So, uh, you know, having a good probiotic that you take that, that's going to be resistant and able to make it all the way to your small and large intestine, and also using prebiotics, which are different fibers and things that will feed uh, the good bacteria in there. Uh, one thing that I take also alongside with a probiotic is something called uh, butyric acid. Butyric acid is a component found in like butter and some other foods and stuff like that. But basically, it's something that it's a short chain fatty acid. It's basically food for your gut flora. Like it's a very useful thing that helps the lining of your gut and helps feed that bacteria and keeps it in check because those guys do everything from digestion to your mood, to your immunity, all that kind of stuff. One consideration with prebiotics and, and extra fiber and all that kind of stuff is that, you know, what is your stomach acid like? If you have low stomach acid, if you're prone to bacterial overgrowth, like SIBO, if you know what that is, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, you probably want to stay away from the prebiotics because they will only exacerbate that. So again, this goes back to one of our first caveats, which is have a good functional medicine doctor that can run these tests for you. If you have low stomach acid and you know, you're know you stressing out and all this stuff, you, you can develop small, bacteria, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. 
uh, because uh, stress impacts digestion and you know, if you're not taking a flora supplement and all this kind of stuff. So there's a lot of considerations with everything. But flora is a huge component of immunity, just like vitamin C. Another huge component is vitamin D. Most people in the U.S. are deficient in vitamin D to some degree. Uh, you know, I'm living in Arizona where, you know, we're here, it's hot, you know, eight months out of the year, we're getting sun. And yet the first time I tested my vitamin D, and this was after taking some vitamin D per day, again, probably about 600% of the RDI, right? So again, that's six times what the USDA or whatever says that, you know, you're supposed to have every day. I was taking six times that for maybe like a couple of years. The first time that I tested my vitamin D, it was like under the normal, like the baseline. So the range is like, I think 30 to hundred or something like that. Mine was like under 30, right? So it was, it was deficient. So pretty crazy, right? And what I noticed over the years of doing it was it took me about 10,000 uh, IUs to actually increase it. And at 5,000 IUs uh, a day, I would basically maintain that number. Whatever number I was at, I would maintain. But if I wanted to raise it, I had to take 10,000 IUs, which is like, it's a huge dose. I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's several thousand percents RDI. And I reliably tested this over many, many years. That's why, again, you want to test your vitamin D, you know, take some vitamin D, see how it responds, you know, over the next uh, couple, like two months or something, three months, and then, you know, test again and see, see where you're at, you know. And also it's important to remember that your genes affect this. You know, I have, I've gotten my genes screened through uh, selfhacked.com. It's a very, very good website, very comprehensive. But one of the genes that you can get screened is VDR. VDR is vitamin D receptor. And vitamin D receptor basically handles, you know, how you metabolize vitamin D. And there's two alleles, I believe, in question. And if you have both of them that are, you know, crappy, then you have like severe need for vitamin D. I have one of them that's crappy and it explains why I'm a little bit slower to to process the vitamin D, even though, like I said, I was living in Arizona the whole time, plenty of sunlight. I was even taking vitamin D supplements. So uh, so that's another huge part of immunity that's been researched a lot is vitamin D. Uh, also, one thing to keep in mind when you're taking vitamin D, it's not just vitamin D, but they're finding that all these things work together. Again, nothing is in isolation. Follow good principles and you will always find the path. Vitamin D goes with A and vitamin K. They all kind of work together. There's plenty of research on that. I'm going to link in the PDF. Again, I'm just trying to go through these line item. If you want the like the research and the details, go to the PDF. So vitamin D, you know, intestinal flora, probiotics, whole food, vitamin C, uh, zinc and copper, zinc and copper are some other supplements that I take on a regular basis. Again, these you have to test. You got to test because zinc is, zinc we need more than copper, but copper is very useful for uh, immune function as well. But again, you want to test because you don't want to have a toxicity with these things. At the same time, you know, copper is difficult to get in the diet. You know, you can get it in some degrees in, in nuts and some leafy greens and stuff. But again, most people, what do you eat? You eat pasta, bread, all these like nutrient deficient foods uh, that that replace and fill us up, that replace vegetables and fruits. And so, you know, you're not going to get your average dose of minerals. And, you know, so your body's just constantly running in deficit. So zinc and copper are a very important part of your immune strategy. Uh, again, you want to test and how you test for these, there's, there's blood tests you can do, but here's the thing about blood tests. Blood, your blood is like the snapshot of what's happening right now. So if your blood is 
like messed up in any way, then that's a serious problem. So your body's trying to keep the blood as clean as possible, as optimal as possible. So what that means is what you see in the blood is going to be, you know, like the best picture possible, meaning there's other things happening in the, the body first, like in the tissues that's breaking down before it reaches the blood, right? So if you have a problem, like a serious problem in the blood, that's why, you know, again, when it comes to, and I'm going to make an episode about this, by the way, like in several months from now about all kinds of tests that you can take and, you know, how you can take them and why you should take them, all this kind of stuff. So put a pin in that. But with blood, you know, it's, it's something that people don't realize is the ranges for, like, for example, for thyroid, you know, your thyroid range is like, I think somewhere from like 0.5 to, you know, 5, right? So it's an astronomical range. And so as long as it's within that range, most average doctors will say, oh, yeah, well, you're fine. Well, you could be quote unquote fine and your thyroid, your TSH could be 4.2. That's still within the range, but that's underperforming. That's a little high. It means you're running a little bit slow. So yeah, it's not, you know, to the point of disease, but learning to recognize and be preventative uh, is a whole nother story. And that's, that's the angle that we're working from here. So with that, testing the blood for zinc and copper is not, you know, the, the most reliable way to act preventatively. Right? If if you have a chronic deficiency, like if you have deficiency in copper and you and you you know you don't have any in your body at all, like you have some you have some serious problems. One of them could be heart, you know, problems, arrhythmias, you know, uh, immune problems, all kinds of stuff going on. So all these things they have to have their proper balance. One of the best tests that I have taken uh, to assess nutrient levels is called a spectrocell test, and I'll link this in the PDF. Spectracell is a company that's been around for, I think, over two decades, but they do a particular type of blood test where they test your lymphocytes, your white blood cells, and the nutrients that they have in those blood cells because the immune system is exactly a good marker for kind of the overall picture of the body and your tissues. So, you know, there's that, and there's hair tests as well, but hair tests are not so much reliable for the nutritional side of things. I have done hair tests myself. Uh, they're good for toxic, you know, screening. Like if you're going to look at long-term exposure to toxic toxicities, hair tests are great, but nutritionally the spectrocell was the best test. And that'll give you a good idea if you're running low, you know, if you're approaching a toxicity and so on, but there's a lot of immune boosting products, uh, that I also take that have those things innately. One of them is called acute it's also by Optimal Health Systems. I, I love this company. I mean, I rant and rave about them. I interviewed the founder who used to be a nutritional coach for the NBA, and that's going to be coming out in a couple months, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But Acute is a product that they created that has copper and zinc in it, and it's a plant enzyme-based anti-inflammatory. And, uh, and some of the studies has been as effective as an NSAID, so it's a very natural, good way to kind of help clear your body, clean clean your blood, manage inflammation, you know, and ha- handle injuries, all this kind of stuff. So I take that on a regular basis. That also helps uh, with the immune. It's got some turmeric in there as well. So again, it's just a good uh, overall immune supplement to use that has those two minerals. Zinc and copper, one more note about that is the importance of form. You know, again, with, with the whole food vitamin C, I talked about I talked about the importance of knowing ascorbic acid being synthetic versus whole food. 
Well, when it comes to minerals, all these nutrients that you take, that you put in your body, they all have this consideration. What form is it in? Zinc and copper are minerals, right? So they're metals. So the best form to take is something that's closest to how your body creates that anyway. So if you're eating something and it has you know a mineral in it, your body does something to it. It's called chelation. It puts a, an amino acid around the, the mineral or the metal, and it allows it to be absorbed much and processed much more effectively this way. There's a lot of ways to put, you know, for example, calcium. You know, if you look at the back of a lot of soy milk or something, it says, oh, you know, it's got 40% more calcium than milk or something like that. Well, if you look at the forum, it's usually some calcium carbonate or, you know, some other junk in there. And that stuff is not going to be utilized in your body the same way as a different type of form. So, for example, the, the one of the best forms that I've researched is a chelated form. So, for example, zinc chelate or a copper chelate, amino acid chelate is the, the term that you want to look for. And particularly, there's a company called Albion. And again, you can look them up. Albion, they have a patent on chelation on a, on a particular type of chelating that they've made through using glycine, which is an amino acid. If this is getting too technical, you know, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Like I said, all this stuff, it's going to be in the PDF, but you want the right form because the form makes a difference in your utilization and absorption and minimizing any negative potential effects of buildup or whatever else, you know? So the, like I said, I've been doing these for years on my in my own health and testing as well. You have to test. You can't just take them willy-nilly and adjusting wherever possible. But those are very powerful for the immune system. So we've got whole, whole food vitamin C, probiotics, uh, vitamin D, zinc and copper. Um, you know, they also, there's a lot of, you know, people have been talking about ozone therapy and the role of oxygen as a tool to fight bacteria. I've used ozone as a topical and it works on a lot of different skin issues. It's very powerful. Uh, you know, it's a very good antifungal. And so a lot of people do intravenous ozone. There's a product that you can get called OxyPure, which is like an O4 molecule. It's a liquid thing. You put it like under your tongue and it increases the oxygen in your blood, the available oxygen. So it can help to you know, basically keep the body in a more antimicrobial state, right? So basically, a lot of these uh, bacteria, especially, they're anaerobic that don't that are bad. They don't survive well in an oxygen-rich environment, whereas the good bacteria do. Uh, so the whole point here is increasing your ability to carry oxygen will help mitigate any potential threats to your immune system. Right. So that's the idea. Again, do your research. I have not done intravenous ozone therapy, but I have used OxyPure. Um, and you know, I felt good. I, I didn't have, I don't tend to get sick very often. So there you go. The final supplement that I'm going to link is called Opti VRL Viral. This one has beta glucans, glandulars, all kinds of herbs and stuff in there. Again, this one you want to do your research on. It's a very, very powerful supplement for you know, boosting the immune system has a lot of very powerful components in there. Uh, the link will provide you with the research and you can do your own research again to see how those things react in your own body. Everything short term, unless you have some serious considerations, is fine. Uh, if you're going to take something long term, you really want to make sure you do testing on a regular basis, you do your research and so on. So all those supplements are things that you can do. That's our first to do 
to really strengthen your physical body. The second to do is your mental health, you know, and the importance of strengthening your parasympathetic nervous system, your response, your relaxation response. And you have the fight or flight, then you have the rest and digest. You have these two nervous systems that are constantly working together uh, to, to create your experience of life. And one of the biggest lessons in my life has been to really strengthen that rest and digest response. You know, I've, I've talked a lot, especially recently on the episodes and the ones that are coming up too, so stay tuned on all this stuff because it's so important, you know, to eat mindfully, to take time out regularly throughout the day, to have stillness breaks, to meditate, to do breath training, uh, to spend time alone, to have a gratitude practice. All these things are excellent, excellent ways to strengthen your mental health. And, and so I want to go through them one by one because they're another element to this that you can use. Again, if you can do one of these things and do it consistently, it's going to make a big difference in your life. If you can do 80% of these things, uh, you're going to see a huge difference. And I'm very confident of that uh, because all these things are pretty timeless. So the first one is a still point. I'm going to link a video for a still point, which is basically a tool used by chiropractors and cranial sacral therapists to help you unwind and relax. It kind of stops the uh, spinal fluid rhythm. There's a rhythm of the spinal fluid that goes up and down, sort of like a heartbeat. It's very interesting stuff. But long story short, basically what it does is it helps uh, you relax. So it's it's a tool that you can make on your own. Again, it's practically free. You take two tennis balls, you wrap them in a sock, you tie the sock up so they don't fall out, and then you put them at the base of your skull. There's a video on the link that explains all this. So again, download your PDF. It's danceoflife.com slash COVID-19. All the stuff is in there. So that's a really useful tool. I'll use that especially at night or after I work out or practice to kind of help me calm down, uh, You know, especially if I want to calm down and then eat. You don't want to be all stressed out before you eat. Um, alone time, journaling, walking in nature, all these things that are so valuable for connecting to ourselves this isn't a great opportunity to do that. You know, don't waste it on Netflix, on, you know, looking at memes on Facebook all day. I know it's tempting, but look, this is a prime time to really maybe create a new life for yourself, create a new direction, to journal, to reflect, to get in tune with your feelings. These things are so important because if you're walking around with that chronic misalignment in your head about how you feel and what you're expressing, all these things lead to a, like a low-level chronic stress, and that stuff will kill your immune system. And it will also make you much more susceptible to acting negatively when you do get sick or, you know, like handling the situation mentally uh, much less than somebody who, let's say, has been doing all these things and kind of more mentally prepared. Okay, so another thing that's been a huge difference in my life is the emotion code. So if you look on your sheet there, there's a little download link, or I should say link to a website. Uh, it's leemudrow.com. She's a really good friend of mine. She actually doesn't know that I'm talking about her on this particular episode, but I have interviewed her on the show if you've listened for a while. She has been in my life for a few years now, and I've seen her several times for something called The Emotion Code. The Emotion Code was written and composed by Dr. Bradley Nelson. It's a system that basically, it's it's hard to explain. Honestly, it sounds like really woo-woo stuff, but it's it's made a profound impact in my life. I cannot speak 
enough about it. Uh, Lee, I still see Lee once a month and actually we do a zoom call and it still makes a profound difference in everything from breakthroughs, spiritual creativity, uh, you know, learning about myself, you know, handling triggers, better handling stress, anything to do with how you carry your emotions in your body. That's what this program, this, this type of work was created for. And it's been endorsed by Tony Robbins recently, which was really big because Tony doesn't really endorse, you know, quacks or anything, you know, crazy like that. He, you know, if he's going to give his endorsement, it's his reputation, obviously. So that was really cool to see. I think last year that happened. Uh, but the emotion code is basically the idea is that we store our emotions in our body. And if you're familiar with this principle, I mean, it kind of makes sense. You know, your body's this giant hard drive. It has so much uh, memory that it stores. And, you know, emotions are, we're constantly feeling emotions, whether it's stress, anger, guilt, shame, whatever it is. You know, we're keeping that in our body and our different organs, and it can add up over time, which really slows your ability to heal, slows your ability to, you know, uh, repair all the damage that's being done on a daily basis to feel your best to, you know, even have pain. Uh, I know Lee's worked on some people where they've had like actual chronic pain and it's gotten, you know, it's gotten down to zero just by releasing certain emotions. So she's had some phenomenal results with other people as well. She's been doing this for a while. Uh, like I said, she doesn't know I'm promoting her. So mention this uh, particular episode that you heard about it. Give her a call. There's a special that she has on our website to get started. But the emotion code has made a profound difference in my life and being able to handle emotions. Like I said, triggers, uh, dealing with times of change that are uncertain. Like this is a perfect time to get some sort of energy work or or healing. I mean, again, it sounds woo-woo, but look, if you're listening to this, you're, you're open to that kind of stuff, and I know you are, so go check it out. The Emotion Code has made a huge difference in my life. Like I said, I can't speak enough about it. Another thing is breath training. It's a lot of different ways to train your breath, but really what it comes down to is learning to use your diaphragm, learning to use like deep belly breaths to go you know, into your core, into your ground, and there's a link for a box breath exercise that I post uh, in the PDF. Box breath is just a simple exercise where you breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, and then hold for four again. So it's a very simple way to, to uh, relax. Basically, you can do that at night and anytime you need like a timeout. But there's a lot of different breathing techniques. Another one is also to trace your breath up through your nose. You know, just sit in a quiet spot. I don't really believe in trying to clear your mind. I believe in occupying your mind, giving, give that monkey mind a little fruit to play with, something to keep it occupied. So we do that by having the attention on the breath. So when you sit quietly and you can trace your breath up through your nose, down you know, into your stomach, through your you know, diaphragm and back out, and you can really get mindful of that whole process, it helps you sort of lose yourself in your breath. And so those types of things are super important. If you can dedicate five minutes to that, you know, every day and use it as a way to start your morning, use it as a way to calm down before you eat, whatever it is, maybe at night before you sleep, whatever it is, you know, that's going to be a useful tool to help your mental health during this time. Another thing is gratitude. Gratitude, like I said, I've talked about gratitude and the importance of gratitude, the importance of stillness and how it's related to gratitude and being able to uh, come to a state of appreciation every day and come to a state of thanks and genuine awe at life and to be able to overcome obstacles in your life. You know, obstacles like complaining, like uh, fatigue, 
like, you know, being complacent or lost, uh, being toxic, whatever else, you know, all these different things, being attached to an outcome that makes you frustrated when you don't get it. All these things are obstacles to really living a fulfilled life. And on a regular basis, we should be practicing our ability to get stronger with these, to use these in the face of these kind of challenges. This is the time to practice right now. This is the best time to practice. This is the opportunity. Not when things are easy and you have plenty. It's when things suck and they fall out of control that we can practice. So shameless plug, I wrote my book. You have a free course. You can download all of that at thegratitudemap.com. That's pretty much there for you for free. I mean, it'll cost you nine bucks to get the book printed and shipped to you, but that's it. You get a free book. You get a free mini course and some other stuff there if you wanted to. But all that stuff will help you really create a gratitude practice for yourself. We have the Daily Gratitude Practice Facebook group. Uh, so that's you can free to join. And, and every day we're doing some positive stuff there as well, sharing you know gratitude challenges, inspirational quotes, all that stuff. So you know, stay connected that way and make a habit of seeing the positive around you. Because right now we are bombarded, especially I know in the United States, we're bombarded with fear and danger and, oh my God, the world is ending. And there's plenty of that to go around. So we need to balance it out with some of the good stuff too. Uh, The final thing for mental health is your sleep. You know, sleep is obviously super important for the immune system and mitigating stress. That's something that is, it's a journey, you know, especially in this day and age when we're so stressed out and we have so many factors influencing our sleep. But things that you can do right away are change the blue lights in your house, in your phone, in your laptop, in your bedroom to red lights. That's going to help you reduce your the stimulation you're getting at night that's creating cortisol because your body responds to light differently. So blue light creates a lot of cortisol, which wakes you up. Red light uh, helps you to calm down. I have red lights in my room. It looks a little weird, but you know it's it's kind of calming after a while you get used to it. Uh, create a wind down routine, right? So set a time and say, okay, I'm going to start winding down at X o'clock and, and then have a wind down routine, have a certain things that you do that cue your mind into, okay, it's time to sleep. It's time to relax, whether it's taking a shower, reading, you know, and don't read on your phone, read a book. That's going to be better. Again, try to avoid that screen time. So just have a wind down routine, stretch, maybe do some meditation, whatever it is, uh, listen to some music help yourself relax and have that wind down routine. Make sure you have cool temperature in your room. So ideal temperature is like 65-ish, you know, 70 max, but really you want to have cool, colder than warmer because it's going to help you relax. If it's too warm, you won't be able to sleep. There's a lot of tools out there. If you have the money, there's like the eight sleep, I guess I'm still wanting to try it, but these little temperature regulating um, beds that you can sleep on. So those are really interesting, but cool sheets, cool room. You can do that. That's already included. Get an aura ring. An aura ring is a handy little tool that gives you feedback on your sleep. And that is super important because you can kind of see, okay, what impact does it have if I sleep later? If I eat, you know, right before I sleep, uh, am I waking up at night and not realizing it? There's a lot of cool feedback that you can get from that. So that's been really helpful in my life. Um, Try not to eat at least three to four hours before you go to bed. I notice that when I eat late, uh, it definitely impacts my sleep. So that seems to be a big factor. But yeah, it makes sense. You know, your body's digesting food and it's trying to work in one angle and you're telling it to slow down. So kind of conflicting messages. So you want to always be in alignment. Again, going back to that first thing, it's all about alignment. You know, so if I'm aligned to digest, 
that's one function. You know, don't push your body in another function and force it to work out if you just ate a big meal or, you know, try to sleep or anything. You know, everything has to happen in sequence. And that's that circadian rhythm that's so beautiful in our lives. Um, the final thing with sleep that I can recommend as far as supplements, magnesium is good. Again, amino acid chelate, you can get it from uh, Blue Bonnet on Amazon. I'll link that. Um, there's some other stuff like melatonin, but some people don't tolerate melatonin well. And also it's maybe not a good idea to take melatonin, um, on a, on like an extended basis because your body might stop producing melatonin. So there's certain things that can encourage your body to produce its own. So, you know, having like tryptophan, there's a supplement by optimal that I use called opti rem R E M. I'll link that as well. That's been really helpful, helping me kind of unwind and relax. It's non-habit forming. It's not melatonin. It's just, um, you know, some like chamomile and tryptophan and some other valerian I think is in there as well, like some of these herbs. But again, you know, everything you put in your body, you want to research and see maybe you have an allergy to valerian and you can't take that. You know, so again, everything is conditional. But magnesium is always good to have in your diet and your body anyway, just to help you relax, avoid muscle cramps sleep at night, recover from stress. It's it's a huge, magnesium has a huge role in the body for hundreds of processes. So it, it's a good idea to have a little bit of it. Make sure if you do take it, that you're not taking, you know, more than I think seven or 800 milligrams a day. Otherwise you're going to be heading to the bathroom quite a bit. It is a laxative. Obviously it's what's in charge for relaxing you. So I take about two to three a day. It's about 200, 300 milligrams uh, sometimes 400 milligrams, which is the full amount, but that is also a very good thing for sleep aid at night. Ashwagandha is also a very uh, useful supplement. It helps to kind of relax and reduce that cortisol at, at night if you're like revved up. So that's another one that I've taken. And also phosphatidylserine. That's a long word, but that is another supplement that um, has been very helpful for a lot of people to sleep, you know, and, and basically fall asleep at night to reduce that cortisol. Because sometimes, again, from our high hectic lives, we have all this cortisol and stress. And at least in a temporary situation, it's a good idea to reduce that at night so that you can get some shut eye and recover. So I'll link all that stuff in there, but that's mental health for you. The third to do is your spiritual health. So we're now into the spirit here. And again, mind, body, soul. That's what it's all about, guys. It's really about having alignment in all three of those areas. And with spiritual health, you know, it's the main thing here is what I mean by spiritual health. I don't mean religious in any way. But look, you have a lot of free time. Use that free time to discover yourself, to plan your future, to be creative, to make a vision board, plan a possible future vacation get in a different mood, get in a different state, do something that's non-productivity related. You know, it doesn't have to relate to work or making money to get you out of the current paradigm of fear and then back to, you know, back to the problems with new solutions, new mindset, refreshed perspective, all that stuff. This is a great time to pick up a hobby or get back into one like art or music that maybe you used to do and that you haven't done in a while do some creative stuff. There's a lot of creative apps these days that you can use to enhance your creativity. Learn something new. You know, listen to an audio book. I try to listen to a book or a course of some kind, you know, any chance I get to constantly learn something, you know, learn about health. I love doing research on on health and learning about my own body and learning about how things interact and stuff. It's, it's fascinating. You know, learn to handle change. Remember that quote, 
again, we don't know if it was Darwin or not. Apparently it was paraphrased by uh, somebody, but it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the, the, the quote, the words still stand. It's ultimately those who survive are the ones who deal with change. You know, if you look at the dinosaurs, they're freaking insane. I can't even imagine like seeing a dinosaur, but they were pretty strong. They were pretty fast. You know, they were pretty fit, but they weren't fit enough to survive the change that happened once the meteor hit the planet. So, you know, that's the little furry creatures like us, like mammals that came about and they were the ones that took over. So it's the people who pivot during these times and learn something new that use it as an opportunity to handle change that really succeed and move forward. And one of the things I want to offer you, another thing, like two things I want to offer you. One of them is my buddy, uh, Steve Gamlin. He's a coach, he's an author, he's a speaker, and he created a vision board mastery program. I'm going to link that in this PDF. It's really cool. I mean, he guides, he's guided dozens of people to the vision board programs that he's had and helping people manifest and create their lives using this tool. It's a very powerful tool. And this might be a good idea for you to try. So I'm going to link that in the PDF. I'm also going to link a free trial to the 30-day free trial to a masterclass that I created basically to handle change, to help create a new awareness, to give you principles, to give you powerful tools, mental tools to handle times like this. It's exactly for this type of situation, to handle change, to handle you know upset, to handle your emotions. It's called Principles for a Dynamic Life. And it's literally a download of everything I've learned. It's about 25 hours of coaching on everything that I've learned in the last 10, 15 years to manage my emotions, deal with change, you know, create the future, all this kind of stuff that's so important right now. And so you can have it for free. That that course is is worth about 700 bucks. I mean, I'm even that I think is a little bit less for what it should be worth, but I'm going to give it away for free for 30 days. No obligation to buy it after that. If you want to keep it, you'll get a super high discount, but for now you can have it for 30 days for free. You can have the link in the PDF and check it out. But basically, that is all yours. So make sure to check that out as well. Use your time productively, guys. Whatever you do, whether you do the vision board program, if you check out my free course, if you get an audio audible book, if you're learning something on YouTube, use this time productively. That's what it's all about. Use this time to up-level yourself. It's extra time, so do something with it. Number four on the to-do list is mindful movement. You got to move. Obvious, right? Not just exercise, not just any movement, but, you know, mindful movement. Go out for a walk, pay attention, you know, do a run, do some yoga poses, do some, you know, dancing on your own. I know it's hard to go out dancing right now. The group events are pretty much all canceled everywhere, but you can do all that stuff on your own mindful movements and exercises, do some stretching, take regular movement breaks, keep circulation going in general. That's the main principle here. Everything, you know, you look in nature moves constantly. We have to have circulation. Things that stop having circulation, they die. So ultimately, that's an old Asian, you know, Eastern principle that the movement is life, right? So movement is life. So we have to have movement and constantly create circulation in the body, in the meridians, in the energy flow, in in everything, you have to bring movement to the situation. So if you have a stuck perspective on something, you know, opening your mind allows movement for new ideas. That's the same way in the physical body. You know, we can't get too stuck sitting all day, you know, watching TV. You got to get out there and move, experience nature, breathe the air, you know, obviously be careful, but, you know, 
utilize this time, even though you're sequestered, to move, to stay in shape, to be mindful, to to increase your sensitivity, right? To increase your, you know, ability to appreciate your body, your flexibility and lack thereof. Maybe you need to get more flexible. Maybe this will give you an opportunity to see, oh man, I really need to get a little bit stronger or I need to stretch a little bit more, you know, for my long-term health. So it's a great opportunity. Movement is a big part of it. Final to do, and this one again is another one full of caveats, is diet. What you eat and what you put into your body are super, super important all the time, but especially during the time when you're, you know, afraid of getting sick or, you know, whatever else, right? Food is the thing that you decide on every day, right? So it has a huge impact on your life. And remember that, you know, we are living in a very toxic environment these days. Food is not what it used to be. That's why it's important to to get organic food whenever possible. If you can't, then, you know, you do your best, but try to get organic foods. Remember that, you know, your genes make a big impact on it. You know, what you're reacting to, what you're creating inflammation to, what your current deficiencies are, what your needs are, lifestyle needs, all that stuff plays a big part. There's a lot of testing you can do. And again, I'm going to create a whole episode with over 20 different tests that are, you probably have never even heard of, but they're super important down the road in a couple months. So stay tuned. Uh, but again, if you have a good functional medicine doctor, they'll be able to tell you and guide you what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. But I'm going to link in the PDF a very useful general kind of article or, or resource that will explain to you the impact of alkalinity on the, on the body and what that means. So what it, what it basically means is that certain foods, well, first off, alkaline and acid. What is alkaline and what is acid? Acid are, you know, things that are very acidic, right? Obviously like, you know, vinegar or ascorbic acid or any kind of just acidic food, right? You know, and then you have alkaline, which is higher on the pH scale. Water's the neutral, right? So that's why we have so much water. It's very important. It's kind of like the conduit for everything. And alkaline is is a little bit higher on the scale, seven and above, right? So seven above seven. So what does all this mean? Well, foods that are very acidic, that create a very acidic impact on the body. If you have two, it's a fine balance. Everything's about two, right? Yin and yang, male and female. It's a fine balance. You need, you need both. But if you have too much acidity, which is the more common case with, with the standard American diet, we it predisposes the body to infectious organisms and diseases and nutritional deficiencies and all these kind of things. Because... A, microbes and stuff thrive in an acidic environment. And and B, an acidic environment also probably means that you're depleted of a lot of main nutrients. So what does that mean? So if you drink a soda, right, let's say a Coke, that's an extremely acidic beverage. So when you drink that, your body senses that, it goes into your body and it creates a you know a, an impact. Your body's like, oh man, this is this is a real problem. Like it's really acidic. It's making my blood very acidic. So it has to neutralize that impact. It has to neutralize the impact on the body. How it does that is it leaches from other areas, other tissues, calcium, the bones, all these things, you know, to minerals to to balance it out and to neutralize the impact. That's why, you know, when you eat, let's say, you know, these people that eat a bunch of junk food and soda and all this stuff, it just creates a ton. That's one of the reasons why those things are a big problem because, you know, you're just setting up your body with a with a constant assault of inflammation 
and and toxicity and acidosis and basically it's constantly having to work backwards to neutralize the bombardments rather than you know sheltering itself you know and building a fortification with you know leafy green vegetables fresh foods you know unprocessed foods you know less of the acidic stuff and more alkaline stuff so acidic foods in general are things like sugar grains dairy cheeses processed foods uh, coffee's acidic, you know, so again, it's, you know, it's hard to avoid. I don't eat dairy. I don't eat grains. I don't really eat sugar. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty disciplined, I guess, as far as that goes. But at the end of the day, it's not about necessarily trying to be perfect. It's about really having good principles, right? So the less of this stuff you can have, the less your body will have to fight, right? And then the alkaline foods, are things like leafy green vegetables, fruits and vegetables, you know, having lemon water, you know, those kind of things, natural foods that are nutritious, that are high in nutrients uh, and very nutrient dense are very important to have in your diet. And again, there's a useful like PDF slash link article linked into the PDF that will explain all this stuff and help you kind of make some decisions about certain things that maybe you can, again, you know, doing this stuff is not going to prevent you from getting sick necessarily, especially with this monster that's going around. But would I rather have an acidic diet and eating crap and putting all kinds of crap into my body and then get sick or be as healthy as I possibly can and allow my body to use all of its resources in recovering and fighting this thing? So the choice is yours. Ultimately, these things are not, this is not rocket science that you shouldn't eat a lot of sugar, grains, and dairy and you know, coffee and all this stuff. It's not rocket science. I mean, that's that's pretty well-known knowledge that you should eat, you know, at least nine to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables a day, lots of fruits and vegetables, fiber, good, you know, water, lean proteins, all these things, you know, not fried foods, you know, no trans fats, all this kind of stuff. Like that's, that's pretty standard, I feel. If you're listening to this episode and you've gotten this far, you probably know at least 50% of that stuff that I just mentioned. So at the end of the day, it's not rocket science, but again, it's another tool in your tool belt. Your diet is the choices that you do every day. And working with your functional medicine doctor, you can tweak that diet and see what's going to be right for you. Like, for example, certain things like, you know, if you react to tomatoes or something like that, if you react to those lectins, they may in the create inflammation, then you shouldn't eat that. You know, even though tomatoes are technically what a fruit and that's, that's something that you could eat that's organic and so on. But if it's causing inflammation, you can decide, okay, you know, if I'm really reactive to this, then I shouldn't include it in my diet because it's just another battle. It's another fire for your body to put out. Uh, so again, remember, it's all about a balance. You know, when we protein, that's, an, that has an acidic reaction in the body and that's necessary. Like you can't avoid having acid in your body. It's, it's part of the yin and yang, but we need to balance that out with a healthy diet, healthy choices every day, healthy beverages, you know, things that really support our body to do its job so that it's as strong as possible. So there you go, guys. Those are the five things that is on my to-do list. There's diet, movement, mindful movement. Make sure you're, you know, taking care of your spiritual health by utilizing this time to delve within, to really grow yourself. Mental health, all the resources there that we mentioned, and of course, some different supplements that will be all on the PDF list. You can download it at uh, danceoflifedeck.com slash COVID-19. We're going to do a little wrap up here with some music. 
All right, all right. Well, just another reminder, guys. I hope you enjoyed that first off. I really hope it served you. But just another reminder, if you need any help with implementing any of these strategies, feel free to reach out to me, tutor at danceoflife.com. Email me. We can do a Zoom call. We can jump on a quick call and chat about any of this stuff. And I'm, I'm more than willing to do that through the month of April. And if you're listening to this and it's after April and you still want to go for that, then go ahead and just email me and like I'll sit, I'll see with my schedule and see what's up. But feel free all the way through the end of April, that's April 30th or whatever, 31st, however many days are in April, and we can chat. Uh, again, this is not a catch-all list. Remember that it's, you know, it's not about being absolute, but it's really about maximizing as many areas as possible and listening to your body. Always do your research you know, work with your respective, you know, health team, whoever's that may be, whether that's your nutritionist or your uh, doctor, your nurse, you know, your trainer, whoever it happens to be, work with those people, but also be well-informed because you are the ultimate decider. You know, this is, this is a scary time right now. This is a scary time, but there is a famous Zen story of the Chinese farmer, and I'll leave you with that. You know, the Chinese farmer, I'm going to link that in the PDF. It's a great, great fairy tale. I mean, it's not a fairy tale. It's a, it's a story, and it's, it's a parable. It's about two to three minutes. It's not too long at all. But it's all about change and how we deal with change. So remember that quote. It's not the strongest or the smartest. It's the ones that deal with change that survive. And again, I'm kind of paraphrasing that. But at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, guys. This is an opportunity such an opportunity. It's an opportunity to grow, to delve within, to learn something about yourself, to get stronger, to start new habits, you know, to create something for the future with all this new time that you have to learn something. A lot of great stuff is hidden in something seemingly disastrous. And I truly believe that it's all about having that faith. So I hope that this episode has served you. If you liked it, make sure you share, uh, let your friends know. I think this information, again, is not really being talked about so much uh, in the mainstream news, at least not in the United States here. So hopefully this will serve people, give you some action items that you can add to your already, uh, you know, consistent efforts to be as strong as possible during this time. I hope that has helped you, it's served you, it's empowered you. Thank you so much and enjoy. And, you know, enjoy this time. I know it sounds kind of weird. It's like, how can I enjoy this time? This is like a freaking crazy time. Enjoy, you know, look a year from now, two years, three years, five years from now, this will all be meaningless. It's going to be gone. And all that will really matter is the decisions that you made, you know? So use your time wisely. I love you guys. Reach out to me if you need any of that help, like I mentioned. Uh, tutor at danceoflife.com and I'll return you back to your regular scheduled programming starting tomorrow with some transformation Tuesday transformation and then tune in on Friday for some more stuff that we've got going on so we'll see you guys then have an awesome safe healthy great rest of your day and week and remember as always that your life is a dance so go out there and dance it well For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, 
Stay connected at danceoflife.com.